Welcome to this week's podcast of Live Transform. This is episode 98. And we have plans to be smart and fun today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> At least Jim does. Anyway, he right. said, I'm just feeling smart and fun today. There you go. That's right. Well, just, just before the podcast, I, I shared the quote. One of Albert Einstein's quotes, and I just loved it, loved it, loved it. And it said this, creativity is intelligence having fun. Right. And that's where I got my, we're just going to be intelligent. We're going to let our intelligence have some fun today. Mm -hmm. And be creative. One of the things I think we need to look at that, you know, um, when I'm writing, you know, one of the things I'm always saying to people is, is you should be studying the word of God for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always reminding people, you know, we have one mediator between us and God. And it's not our pastor. It's not, the, <laughs> yeah. it's not the elder at the church. It's not the president of the United States. It's not our governor. There's one mediator between us and God. And that's that. And that's Jesus. And, and we have this concept of studying as something that's that's boring. Hmm. And, I mean, you, you talk to I mean, how many how many high school students you talk to that don't want to study? Well, of course, right. in high school, they don't make learning fun. That, that, you know, that's the reason. That's the reason high school is such a mess. You got horrible <laughs> teachers that they're they got every agenda in the world other than teaching you to read, write, add, subtract, multiply, and divide. And um, but they are boring, boring, boring. It's like what some of is, them are. Well, most of them. I'm not saying all of them. Are. That's right. I'm glad you <laughs> point that out. But you know what? But it can't be fun are interesting beyond the degree that it has application in real life and yes. the, the capacity to improve my life. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Isn't that And why would I want to learn something? I remember once I went out for lunch with our high school student, Robert, and I said, hey, once a week I want to get together and just ask, I, I want to have Jesus time with you. I said, but I don't want to answer questions that you're not asking. And right. he said... Well, that's what I do all day at school. <laughs> they are answering questions that I am not asking. Right. And I just right. thought that was interesting. Absolutely. But see, when we start realizing or believing, you know, of course, I'm, I'm going back and doing a rewrite on my, on my Heaven on Earth book about the kingdom of God because it got so mm-hmm. long, I had to break it up in three books, which meant I, <laughs> which meant I had to go back and kind of rewrite it to, to fit three different three yes uh, i totally understand yes and so so you know i'm just i'm just digging through all of this stuff and you know i'm just thinking about the kingdom of god and, and the kingdom of god is this realm that we enter into that is like eden mm-hmm. you know we live as inwardly not maybe outwardly but inwardly mm-hmm. we live like man lived in eden Yes. Uh, you know, righteousness, peace, and joy, man. In mm. our hearts, we know who we are related to God. We know yeah. God is our Father. We know He's for us. We experience His protection, His resources. And, and, and you find this place in life where it's like, you know, I think the psalmist would call it wide open spaces, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, you find yourself in this place of wide open spaces where, you are so satisfied with life. You're so content with life that the only thing left to do is whatever you do to celebrate and enjoy. And that, you know, that's really my life. That's pretty, all, all my mm-hmm. that's left in my life is to celebrate and enjoy. Yes. And so, and so, but you can't find that by somebody else trying to get you there. 
Mm-hmm. You can only find that. I mean, we inspire people. We point people down the road. We we do everything we can. Like we've said on this podcast so many times, we take people to the door. Yes. And then it's like, from here on, it's you mm-hmm. and Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it I, will look different than it looks with us. It'll look so yes. custom and so personal because you're different than us. Like you have yeah. this intricate parts of who you are, of what you love. We had one guy in our office that just loved to think. I said, guess what? Jesus relates to you on a completely different level than he loves, you know, reasoning with you and con- conceptualizing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and stuff that that's fun for you. Oh. Well, Jesus loves doing that with you. This guy was like, really? I'm like, yes. It's not going to look the same as it does for me. It's you know, if, you. If, if, the, if the amount of time we're taking in entertainment or doing intellectual studies, mm-hmm. if, that, if that amount of time is greater than the amount of time that we are doing, pursuing God and, and getting grounded in his word, then we have mm-hmm. an unbalanced life. Yeah. And we're planting more other kinds of seeds yes. in our heart than we are the word of God. And then we wonder why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, man, I just want to encourage people. Listen, this life is great. It's easy and light. And, you know, people can just say, oh, Jim, you know, you're in the ministry. You get to travel all the time, yada, yada, yada. You get to do this. And uh, it's like, you know what? All that's relative. Like I tell people, you know, for most people, a challenging financial day is I got to come up with a couple hundred bucks today. I've only got a day. And for us, many times, you know, people look at us and think, well, you don't have any problems. No, because a financial, a financial challenge for us is I got to have a hundred thousand dollars today. Mm-hmm. And, or, or, you know, it's, it's all relative. It doesn't matter it where relative. you are. There's, there's yes. the demands are relative, but I am telling mm-hmm. you, there is this place where, where you connect to God for yourself. You're learning the secrets of life. You're digging the gold nuggets out of the ground yourself. Yes. And man, every day's a holiday. Every meal's a banquet. And I promise right. you, it's better than anything we can describe. It's better than anything you've heard, seen, or been able to imagine. But we can only take you to the door. To the door. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to go to the door. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we talked about this yesterday. We're going to talk about... What happens when we judge God? Yep. And, you know, most people would just immediately assume or say or think, well, I would, I would never, never, ever do, God. Yeah. would never mm-hmm. do that. But remember, but, when you, first of all, when you accuse somebody of something, but secondly, uh, when you assume uh, what they have done, then you have you you have accused you, them. Yeah, you you've, you you've passed them. the judgment. Yeah, yeah you, you passed the judgment. You you have passed the judgment. Now, you know one of the things I want to remind people, and we talked about this for a minute, I think, in, in last week's podcast. It, the quickest way for for a belief to be established in your heart is information plus emotion. I don't think yes. I actually defined it that much, but. You know, you know, we talked about how you could get something over a long period of time. You can influence your heart by repetition. Mm-hmm. But the quickest way to influence the belief of your heart is information plus emotion. Plus emotion, yes. So that information, whatever you're thinking about when you have a strong emotion, whatever you're saying to yourself, 
can immediately get written on your heart. I'll tell you, and I've seen people's lives change that quick. I mean, I'm talking about everything in their life change, their attitude change, their work ethic change, their morals change. Wow. All in all in one mm-hmm. second. Because but, it wasn't a mental belief, it was a ment- or a mental ascension or thought. It was a heart belief. It well, it became a heart belief. It became a heart belief because of the combination of what they were thinking and the emotions. Feeling. Let me give you mm-hmm. a negative example of this. Okay. You know, again, half a century almost of personal counseling, and you know, right off the bat, I was out here dealing drug addicts. I, you know, when I got saved, I went to the streets. I started winning people to Jesus. And I was dealing with the people that nobody had answers for, for their questions or for their problems. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I worked with young women and, um, and they, were just, they were just incredibly immoral. I mean, mm-hmm. just incredibly immoral. And then you would find out that, that they got molested when they were young. And then... You know, as they would open up, you'd find out that they kind of had this dichotomy of I hate having sex, but I find myself always wanting to have sex with these guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can remember just early on thinking, man, this is this is whack, but there's something that we're missing here. Mm-hmm. Well, you you know, usually as I'd get to know them, get to help them, and particularly when I started zeroing in on beliefs, I found that there were certain words that the molester would always say to them. They would always say that they loved them, nearly always. Mm-hmm. And the second thing they would usually nearly always say is, you know you wanted this. So, you know, they're, they're trying to make the child take on the burden right. of responsibility for this, right. for this thing. All right, now stop and think. You're being molested. You're being abused. You're being humiliated. You're having these incredibly powerful emotions, but at the same time, you're getting this information that says, you know you wanted this, and I'm doing this because I love you. Wow. So those girls would grow up hating sex, but remember, what's the deepest thing that everybody wants? Love. It's to feel love. So they're, they're, that's the only way they can get it. So if, they have yes, developed a belief yes. that if there's not sex, there's not love. And they have, they, many of them have come to hate themselves because they also believe, I'm the one that wants this. Even, and I, I've had girls tell me, I just did things that I despise. I hated myself for doing, but I found myself... Want, you know, wanting to do them. Beliefs. And those kinds of beliefs, I'm telling you, a girl can get molested one time and suddenly promiscuity just blows up and, and they just go wild and they do not understand it because in one fell swoop, something got written on their heart. Right, exactly. Now, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, you know, there's a scripture for this. Proverbs 23, 7 talks about the fact that that, that, you know, as a, per, as a man think in his heart, so is he. And that word think mm-hmm. comes from, from two, two, well, two, uh, two concepts within a Hebrew word, a gate, a door, an opening, a porter, a janitor, a keeper. So your thoughts become the, the doorkeeper to your heart. So anything you regularly think about, with, particularly with any emotion attached, over a period of time, it can get into your heart. It becomes, you know, the doorkeeper determines what gets in and what gets out. And since every seed bears after its own kind, whatever you think about, that's the doorkeeper. That, and that determines what, what's, what's going to get in. 
or you can have these, bam, these emotional moments. Um, you know, I, I've had a lot of kids tell me that uh, they would get called on in school to answer a question, and they either wouldn't know the answer or they would kind of panic. And then in front of the entire class, the teacher would make some incredibly derogatory statement about them, about how stupid they were. They're never mm -hmm. going to amount to anything. And in that one moment, information plus emotion. Mm -hmm. And they would say, mm -hmm. that's the moment my life changed. And the mm -hmm. rest of my life, I never believed I could amount to anything. Oh, but here, here's, here's the big one. This is the big one. Mm. All right, with these judgments about God, we violate... Remember the first two laws of faith. Yes. First law of faith, creation. Second law of faith, how God created man. And how God cre created man gets into the fact that not only was man created in God's likeness and image, but because he's in his likeness and image, he has free will, but also he has dominion. Hmm. See, God gave man dominion over planet Earth. So in doing so, God is saying... Nothing can happen in planet Earth unless it happens through a man or, or a woman, you know, a human mm -hmm. race. I'm not, I'm not being chauvinist here. Mm -hmm. I'm just using biblical terminology. Right. So, <clears throat> so this would mean the moment I accuse God or say that God has done something, caused a tornado, caused a hurricane, caused it, you know, has done anything. I have, number one, I have made an accusation against God. Mm -hmm. And basically, I'm calling God a liar because God has said, you have dominion over planet Earth. And then you got all these warnings in the Psalms and the Proverbs that talks about, you know, if the, if the wicked rule, then the whole city mourns and cries out. And if the righteous reign, then the city rejoices. And, and you know, we know that when wicked people are in power, wickedness prevails. You know, I can go back to... to one president of the United States that was incredibly immoral. Uh, and all the studies show that during the time that Bill Clinton was president of the United States, that pornography exploded in America largely because they stopped prosecuting crimes of pornography. And this is how the television program started changing. This is where, mm -hmm. this is where, uh, uh because uh, we didn't, we weren't online back then. But this mm -hmm. is where the whole pornography industry exploded because they stopped prosecuting. So, a wicked person that that evidently has some kind of soft spot for pornography stopped stopped uh, 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 prosecuting. And so, what happens? The wicked prevail, and then turn people then turn around and say that you know why is God doing this? Why is God letting this happen? Now. And, and, and help me remember, I'm, I'm just kind of laying out the whole God did it kind of thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm, you're doing mm -hmm. good, Jim. Yeah. So help me remember to come back to the Lu Luciferian doctrine in case I forget. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So <clears throat> so uh, stop and think about this. Your kid, a parent dies, somebody you love dies. Mm -hmm. You're standing at the graveside. They have the funeral, and the pastor walks over. They're about to they're about to sink your daddy's coffin into the ground, and you're standing right there looking at it. You're a brokenhearted kid because mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. hero is gone. Mm -hmm. And the pastor walks over, and in all sincerity, 
takes you by the hand and says something like, son, I'm not sure what God's trying to teach you by taking your daddy, mm-hmm. but you, you need to listen. You need to listen to God. Can you imagine emotion plus information? Mm-hmm. One of my best friends, it took me 11 years to lead him to the Lord. He's one of them guys, we played in bands together back in the day. We played in clubs together. We played in concert bands together. And we were, we were great friends. For 11 years, every time I saw him, I found some way to witness to him, share Jesus with him. And um, finally, through Brenda's hospitality, and I tell you, we used, that's how we used to get most of, of our friends saved, is Brenda's hospitality. She'd invite mm-hmm. them in to eat some of her good cooking, and, and uh, I'd preach to them while they were eating. She saved my life. and so so finally one night sitting at our dinner table i led this guy to the lord and so his name is skip atkins and uh i said skip what's the deal man why all these years would you not give your you know trust god give your life to the lord he said because when my daddy died i stood the graveside and the preacher said i don't know why god took your daddy but he's trying to teach you something and he said, from that day as a little kid until tonight, when I accepted Jesus, which would have been, golly, we were in our 30s then. So, you know, it would have been, you know, 20 something years. Every day, he said, he was asking himself, what did, what is so bad about me that God had to kill my daddy to teach me something? Yeah. Wow. You know, all of this, God needed another angel in the choir. God, you know, all this nonsense, absolute Mm -hmm. nonsense violates the word of God, but Mm -hmm. it ultimately ends up causing us to pass a judgment about God. Why? Number one, we blame God for the problem. And then number two, we pass a judgment about it. And then the rest of our life is off course. Mm -hmm. And the rest of our life, we can't fully trust God because after all, if he'll kill my daddy or he'll kill my mama or kill my sister or let somebody I love die in a plane crash or, you know. And so all of that comes out of the idea that God is in control of everything. Yeah, this is, you know, I think staggering, you know, for us as, as we listen to because in some form or another, we've all experienced this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where we wouldn't necessarily uh, identify it or even label it that way, mm-hmm. but where we've been, quote, offended by yep. God. Mm-hmm. And um, it's always bothered me when I would hear people say, I had to forgive God. You know, oh, I brother. am so angry, you know, and I had to forgive God. And man, the, that's, a, that's the epitome of self righteousness. <clears throat> yeah. And so over the past few weeks, we've been, you know, speaking about offenses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against others. And, and we can kind of, you know, uh, go along that storyline and we get it. But are people really recognizing that they have made false judgments against the one that loves them the most? No, they don't recognize it because of what religion has taught them. Okay. Now, would this then lead us into the Luciferian doctrine? Absolutely. Okay. You know, you know, we have this crazy religious idea about how the devil works in planet Earth. And, you know, people are all about, he's whispering in my ear. No, he's not. Those, those whispers you hear in your ear, that's you thinking. 
That's you remembering things you've heard. That's you passing judgments. There's no place in the Bible that says Satan can speak into your mind. Neither is there any place in the Bible that says that he can read your mind. Mm-hmm. And so, so all of this stuff that we're saying the devil is doing, we are doing it. We're thinking it. We're the ones struggling through because of what we've heard all of our lives. Now, Luciferian doctrine. Remember, Lucifer rebelled. He didn't fall. He rebelled. And he rebelled on the basis of pride. And on the basis of pride, basically, he was saying his ideas were better than God's. And he could do a better job with, with, with creation and man than, than God did. So <clears throat> when he rebelled and tried to overthrow God, he, he lost that battle. And, um, and let me just say this kind of as a parenthesis. You know, there's always these people talking about God and the devil's at war, and they, they base this on mythology. You know, like we're all a bunch of pawns and God and the devil's fighting and using right. us. Let me tell you something. The, all true Satanists know that the war is lost. All true mm-hmm. Satanists know they will go to hell. All true Satanists uh, admit that, that they, there is no hope of winning. There is not even the thought of winning. What a, what a purebred Satanist will tell you is this. And, and this is a, actually Marx, the father of communism and socialism, if you want to know where those philosophies come from. Karl Marx said, I know I'll spend eternity in hell I know we will never win this battle. The only joy that I have in life is how many of God's creations that he loves that I can take to hell with me. Hmm. That's, just, that's evil, evil, yep. evil, evil. Wow. So wow. Luciferian doctrine is rooted in, and I think, honestly, I think we only have a thumbnail sketch of the conversations that took place in the garden. Mm-hmm. I think we have a sketch that that emphasizes the main points, but I doubt very seriously that that was all of the conversations. Yeah. Right. A, in, in the same way, we only have a thumbnail sketch of all of the conversations, you know, Adam had with God. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, but here's what we do know. Basically, there was the temptation that you could have a better life if you freed yourself from this deceitful, oppressive God. Mm-hmm. In other words, you could really be like him. And that's what, that's what he doesn't want you to have. He doesn't want you to know that you could be like him. And you can know good and evil for yourself. You can, you can find you know, this, this, this life he's promising you, you can have that without him. That's basically mm-hmm. what was happening. Yeah, right. So <clears throat> when Adam and Eve rebelled, and again, they didn't fall. They didn't step on a slippery banana peel of sin and, and accidentally, you know, destroy the, the, the human race. They chose this. And they chose it because they believed the lie that they could have the utopian world independent of God's control. Uh-huh. So now, once this started, Luciferian doctrines began to be developed. Now, these were developed primarily through what the Bible calls the Nephilim, which is which are these fallen angels that cross over and they, they appear as men, they look like men. We see that in the Bible, and many of them had offspring. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> but 
The Luciferian doctrine became this, and this is so crucial. This violates the first two laws of faith. The Luciferian doctrine says God is in control of everything. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, almost all the Christians I ever talked to anywhere believe that. So if God's in control of everything, I've got to figure out why he did, why he did this, which means I've got to pass a judgment. So I'm accusing Or why him. he held this back for me, or why he thought it was better for me that this wouldn't happen. Why, why, did, I, why, why did I go through why, this pain? Yeah, or why did I not get that promotion? Yeah. Well, or God must have. Why did I have a miscarriage? Keep yeah. going. I'm not. I, just keep going. Yeah. I mean, this, that, you yeah. know, that's just what it yeah. is. The, why did are, this happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, first, I'm accusing God. I'm falsely accusing God. Secondly, then I'm passing a judgment about it. And the biggest one, but he allowed it to happen. He didn't make it happen, but he allowed it to happen. That's just religious double talk for he did it. You know what I mean? I, I understand yeah. how people are trying to jockey around it and not find some way to not. I'm just blame telling God. you what people say. I'm just but, telling but you here, that. No, here, but here's what I can tell you. If you believe the word of God, the word of God says that if you watch someone commit a crime and you have the power to rescue them and don't do it, you are as guilty yes, as the right. offender. Which means yes. if God allowed it, he is, is as guilty as the devil. Right. Because right? he allowed it to happen. He watched it happen. That, all, all of the commandments. Which were, kind of God would watch it happen and allow it going, ah, something will get redeemed out of this. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna watch Audrey have an affair, but I'll turn something good out of no. it. So I'm going to actually allow this to happen. I mean, how, yeah, how, you know, how many people... I allowed that to happen. How many I, people commit sins? That's the thing. I don't know why God let, let me do this. Yeah. But see, because they don't believe that they're created in the likeness and the image of God with a free will that God himself will never violate. Right. So this, so this the, you know, there's a thousand reasons why we have to know, understand, and believe these two, first two laws of faith. Yeah. Because everything else, everything else about faith, everything else about, because faith is trusting God. So everything about trusting God depends on us properly understanding these first two laws of faith. So are you saying that God doesn't have the power to prevent that car accident? I'm saying God doesn't have the right. Because ah. he, he gave us authority. Now, we can muster the power of God in us in any situation because we have the right. He has the power. We have the right. Uh-huh. And so it is our right to stop anything that's happening to us. It is, and it's our responsibility. It's our right to deal with issues that don't align with, with God's promises. It's, not, it's our right and our responsibility. But let's go back to the Luciferian thing because, boy, this is where this is kind of where it gets really, really interesting. If you believe that God is in control of everything, like I say, then you will you'll blame God for everything. Secondly, then you will have to pass a judgment to try to come up with some kind of explanation. Mm -hmm. The core of Luciferian doctrine is this. Look at the world and see how messed up the world is. Look at the world and see the pain, the suffering, the wars, the hunger, the poverty. Look at all the world. See what's going on. 
And since God is in control, he could change all that if he wants to. So he's yeah. not really a loving God. Exactly. And Lucifer, here's what Luciferians believe. And this is, you know, uh, in the book of Corinthians, when Paul was talking about about uh, angels of light, this is exactly what he's talking about. You know, we, we tend to twist that verse around. See, Lucifer has to do with light. And so the Luciferians believed that Lucifer set man free from this oppressive, legalistic God by giving them knowledge. So he's the light bearer. So in mm. fact, what freed society was that Lucifer gave people knowledge. And once they had knowledge, they realized they didn't need God. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the cornerstone of Freudian psychiatry. If you would just give in to every lust, every desire you have, and, and you know, cast off all this religious stuff and this oppressive God problem that you have, and just enjoy it, you would discover the ultimate freedoms of life. Because God is an oppressor. His commandments are oppression. And through this knowledge I'm giving you, you can have a freedom that's ultimately going to turn the world into a utopian wonderland where everybody has all of their desires fulfilled. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it so often, more recently. Right. Yeah. And that is religion makes me feel guilty. So if I were just to, you know, do things without remove guilt. myself, you know, from, from my conscience, yeah, but 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 from the truth of God, or you know, or Scripture, mm-hmm. or even that God exists, yeah, then I could be free from my guilt. Yeah, all all you know, religion does is make me feel guilty. Yeah, yeah. but the truth is, studies show that it doesn't matter if you go into the deepest part of some jungle where they've never heard anything about God, they know it's wrong to steal. They yeah. know it's wrong to kill. They know uh, they, they basically, like God said, like Paul reiterated, they have all the commandment, the Ten Commandments written on their heart. Yes. At the deepest level, which I think is pretty phenomenal. How, how can people know all anywhere in the world that something's wrong? How do all these people know which things are wrong just intuitively, inherently. They come into the world wired this way if it, if it wasn't a God thing. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Being created in yeah. his very image and, and likeness. likeness. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so we are put in a position to, number one, and, and listen, if you think God is in control, then you are stumbling over the second, the, the second law of faith. And that is, you're created in God's likeness and image, and you have dominion. Mm-hmm. If you think God will should have violated your will, you're stumbling over the second law of creation. You're created in God's likeness and image, and you have free will. Love never controls. I mean, just look at every crazy doctrine and trace it back to these first two laws of faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, when I talk about the laws of faith, I'm not talking about faith to get stuff. I'm talking about trust for a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, getting stuff, that takes care of itself. People mm-hmm. who, you, who waste their faith to get stuff, mm-hmm. they're like a salesman. You know, a salesman have a saying, 
and that is I'm, I'm unemployed after every sale. In other words, the minute I make this sale, until I make another sale, I'm wow, out of Wow, there's job. not much hope in that. No, and, 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 and faith for things is like that. It's like you're always trying to believe for the next thing. Believe for the next thing that you need. Believe for, you know, to get redeemed, healed, whatever. But the real truth is, if you use your faith to know and trust who God is, that intimate connection with Him, you would know that you have all things that pertain to life and godliness. Right. And this would this would really just emerge from your heart out of how you're connected to God. Interesting. I got a little story. Just stay right there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm at the table a few days ago, enjoying God, playing solitaire. That's what I do. I play solitaire and just listen to God as I play solitaire. And I, help, I felt him say to my heart, hey, Audrey, you know I don't have any money in my pocket, right? <laughs> like, in other words, did you know, Audrey, that I actually, if you needed money, and I don't have any in my pocket to give to you. Mm. I have wealth. I have favor. I have wisdom. I have clarity. I have all of these things. But money is just not my jam. Like money right. is an earthly commodity. Yeah. Anyway, it was just an interesting side thought. No, just, it is interesting. Because, see, God is making a differentiation to you in the difference yeah. between your character and your, yes. and your your inherent beliefs. Yes. And the stuff that you're trying to get through those inherent beliefs. Right. So, so okay, so here we are. I wasn't even asking for money, so no, I don't even I, no, know where know. that came from. It was just interesting. I think he, we're just getting to know each I think getting to know God is a continual journey, and he just wants me to maybe, understand him. Maybe he was going to help you out and just say, if you, if you think you're going to bet on that hand and win, you, you probably need to rethink it. <laughs> That's probably what it was. He was helping you out. Yeah, we were probably actually putting money on that hand. He goes, yeah. hey, you know I don't actually have money in my pocket, right? So, 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 so stop and think. Without faith... It's impossible to please God. You can't right. connect to God. You can't. You can't enjoy anything that God is offering you. You can't. You, you can't. Life is just never as it's supposed to be. But if I'm violating the first two cornerstone laws of faith, which is again trusting God, not trying to get stuff, then I can't have a relationship with Him. How can I have a relationship with somebody who may or may not violate my will, my, my freedom of choice? How can I how can I have a relationship with somebody that that uh, I think is responsible to protect me and do certain things, but I want them to do it the way I want them to. I want them to do it without me having to make any decisions. I want want it to happen just automatically. Uh, it, it, and even worse, how can I trust somebody that might kill somebody I love just to teach me something? Seriously. Mm -hmm. Then those people. And it don't matter whether you try to stay positive toward God or if you just end up hating God. It happens because you, after you blame God, you come up with a judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, Marx, Karl Marx, before he became a God-hating, Christian-hating, communist socialist. As a matter of fact, interesting, Karl Marx said this about socialism. He said he hated socialism. He hated even giving people the false hope that life could be better. But he said, socialism is the only lie that's powerful enough to destroy the entire world, which I kind of find interesting. And, but but why, why, why is it so bad? Because it offers a utopia. It offers you everything that God offers you without God. 
But Karl Marx was in love with God. And he had someone near to him die. And he got some goofy religious answer from a priest about, you know, some goofy reason why God did mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And in one night, Karl Marx went from being somebody that was studying to go into the ministry to somebody that hated God and set out to destroy every Christian in the world. All because of some religious explanation. So, so a judgment was passed against God. Not only did mm -hmm. you do that, that's the accusation, but here's why you did it. So you needed to teach me something. So you just indiscriminately kill people, innocent people, to teach people something. So, so you got to realize every time something comes up and we say God did it, particularly for something that Jesus, you know, you got to ask yourself, and we've always talked about the names of God. You know, there's not a name that says Jehovah who makes sick, Jehovah who kills, Jehovah who makes you suffer. None of those names. There was never one time when Jesus, you know, laid hands on a, on a, on a healthy person and they got sick. You know, we have, we have no criteria to say that God's a bad God other than yeah. we just believe that because of religion. Yeah. But once we pass that judgment, the measure we meet is measured unto us. From mm. that day forward, and, and I ran across this word the other day. It's really interesting. The word doubt, which I've researched hundreds of times, I found a little derivative of the word doubt that doesn't just mean to, to have to choose between two. It means to be unpersuadable. In other words, you decide to be unpersuadable about trusting God. Hmm, what a just word. Like, what a word. It'd be just like if... Uh, Bob, with you and Audrey, see, if you'd stayed in your hurt and held on to that offense, you would have persuaded yourself to never trust her again. Right. Correct. You might yes. have persuaded yourself to never love her again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, no telling. But the point is, you would have become unpersuadable yeah. that you all could have a loving relationship. Right. Well, that's what we do to God. Because of this, ju this judgment... Because of what you did to my mama, to my daddy, to my brother, to yeah. whatever, because you let this tornado hit this church, yeah. uh, you know, or because you let this hurricane come up. You know, I had somebody contact me the other day and said, look, my pastor told me that, you know, when whatever the hurricane was that came up through New Orleans a few years ago, he, she said, you know, she was like, that was, that was God judging all the pornography and all the sin in New Orleans. And I said, well, well, here's an interesting thing you might want to think about. Number one, most importantly, if God poured the, sin, the judgment of the world onto Jesus, then that means that he's got to reject Jesus in order to pour it on the world right now. Number, mm. two, number two is, then why is it that uh, the part of... New Orleans that that didn't get hit by the tornado was the French Quarter, where all the bars, all the whorehouses, all the drugs, it hit the industrial part of the city. And I, so you're telling me that God is so stupid that he's going to judge the pornography, the sin, all the debauchery that goes on down on Bourbon Street, but he missed the target. Is that what you're going to tell me? But people will cling to that because they've got an offense against God that they have never sent away. 
they're still blaming God for something that's happened in their life, some disappointment, some failure, some hurt, and they are making themselves unpersuadable as long as they hold on to that offense. So they'll so it's sort of like they'll cling they'll cling to God, but they'll despise that they have to do it. Before we close today, uh, Jim, I'd like to talk about one one particular scenario, <clears throat> and my thought is for the listener today, mm-hmm. and they've really um, participated with sin, you know, and they've really broken their lives. You know, they may have, you know, messed up their marriage. They may have had the abortion. They may have, you know, just really lived a tough life, mm-hmm. you know, but then they've come, they've come to know, you know, the saving knowledge of Jesus and, and really, you know, turn their lives around. But they're, they're, they're continuing to live in brokenness, poverty. Um, they're, they're not experiencing peace and joy. And what they've done is they've made a judgment not only against themselves, but also a, a judgment against God, oh. being that because I did this, yep. okay, then I, I understand, you know, I, I deserve this, you know, because of the choices I made, I'm living with the, you know, the consequences or the punishment of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so it's, it's almost twofold. It's a judgment that they've made against themselves as well, yep. a judgment that they've you know, made against God. Mm-hmm. What, what for that person? Well, the word send away and the word forgive means to send away. So, you know, they got to forgive themselves. God's already forgiven them. They got to, but, but God can't send that guilt away from them if they're not willing to send it away because it will be a violation of their will. So they've got to decide, number one, what do I believe about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Do I believe he became my sin? Do I believe he suffered my ultimate punishment? Do I believe he left it in the grave and rose up in newness of life so I can have newness of life? And then if you believe that, then you change your mind. You say, I used to believe this. I'm choosing to believe mm-hmm. this right now. There you go. Yes. Now, what's interesting is this. Remember, word forgive means send away. There are several words in the scripture that are very almost synonymous with send away. And one of them is repent. Because in the word repent, you are changing your mind. You are saying, I don't want this belief. I don't want this thought or I don't want this action. So now I'm making a turn toward God because I want what, what he has offered. When we, come, when we come to God, number one, we've got to give up every predetermined idea about who he is, what we think about him. It don't matter if our pastor told us, if our mama told us, if the most godly person you know told you. You can take it into consideration, but you've got to find it in the Bible for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't find the Bible for yourself, then you just got to say, I don't know. And you've got to be all right not knowing. I tell people all the time, that, well, the stupidest things we do, we don't have a clear-cut scripture for anything. So we just guess at something. Yeah. Well, when we do that, we end up passing a judgment and it ends up affecting us. So when I change my mind, I have, in fact, sent away whatever opposing idea, belief, opinion that I had. And, and having a repentant attitude is the number one criteria for the person who will make the journey and enter into what Jesus calls the mm. kingdom of God, where you mm-hmm. enter into rest 
righteousness, mm-hmm. joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because that is the person that says, I will be taught of the Lord. I am teachable. Yes. I yes. am flexible. And no matter no matter what I believe, no matter what anybody tells me, I, I, I'm following God with all my heart. Yes. That is wisdom. Everything I'm reading about wisdom these days, I'm just really in that the passion translation of the, the book of Proverbs, everything about it is I love correction. I love instruction. I delight in instruction in the guiding ways of the Lord. That is my greatest joy because there's a hidden storehouse of, of wisdom that's reserved for his godly lovers. Like all of this, everything about that repentant attitude is says that I will be taught of the Lord. Yep. And just what you said, I will be flexible. I will follow the Lord with all my heart. Yep. And because then we make room. Yep. And then we're not judging God. That is the opposite of judging God. That yep. is actually the opposite of doubt, where doubt, doubt says, I'm not persuadable. I am making my, I am persuading. I am ultimately being fully persuaded, yep. which is the opposite of dull, d- doubt. I am fully persuaded that he is good. And those first laws of faith are written on my heart. Yep. The creation that I am made in his likeness. Those are, just, these are all the ways that we speak into the, um, the foundation of who we are. Yep. And and so and I think that this judging God thing comes in degrees. I think some of us have experienced that ultimate um, terrible experience where God allowed this to happen, you know, for this terrible hurt, this painful thing to happen to teach you a lesson. That's the ultimate. But then yep. there's others of us who have done it on a much smaller scale and we've judged God for little things. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that we need to address those as well, because maybe that doesn't apply to you, that great big thing, but maybe you've had those little thoughts like, well, you held that back, that promotion from me so that I could, you know, be stronger or learn better or, yep. you know, do that kind of thing. You know, there's, there's. And all just, of those are judgments. Those are all, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little judgment, but I don't want to have anything to separate me. Yep. But judgment is judgment, and the a moment it doesn't matter if it's a little one or a big one. The that's moment, right. The moment we pass that judgment, that is how we begin to see God. And the minute we think that God is in control and that He didn't do His job, that's when that's when we don't realize the authority that we have yeah. on this earth. Absolutely. Only people can have a, this thing. You started out with Jim on this this episode was only people have the authority. Yep. To, to, that's to, why Jesus yeah. had to become a man. If Jesus, yes. if Jesus had worked a single miracle as the Son of God, he, he would have violated God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, when those mm-hmm. demons would come and say, "Jesus, Son of God, why are you tormenting us before our time?" I, I've I've read, you know, theologians say, "Well, see, they were they were acknowledging him as a Son of God. They were surrendering. No, they weren't. They were challenging his right to be able mm-hmm. to work miracles on planet Earth because they was calling the Son of God." They were right? not acknowledging oh, him as a son of man. That. He was a hundred percent man. Yeah. I'm getting to understand that mm-hmm. more and more all the time. Well, I believe we've gone as far in this one as we can go. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this, is, this has been really good. I do. I do. I think this is yeah. great. And, I, and, and for you, our listener, I just want you to feel so loved today. You know, and if you've, you know, stepped over and, and it's almost as though sometimes it can almost become this simple pattern, you know, where, you know, we've, we've passed the judgment and then, and therefore we hold that judgment, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. against God. And it, and it almost, you know, as in our previous uh, episode, it becomes our new normal. And because it is our new normal, then I continually 
relate to God in that way. Right. And we're yep. missing that true beauty of relationship with him where every day is that feast or mm-hmm. the holiday and every meal is the feast. Mm-hmm. Every day is the feast. <laughs> but we're missing that. It's because we have we have judged God on some level. Wow. I think that this has been a, a great time for you listeners to just get quiet and go, Lord, this is you and me now. I, do, I choose this day, just like Jim said, this can just take a moment to have that repentant attitude and say, Jesus, because of what you did and who you are, I choose to believe, believe mm-hmm. that you are always good. Yeah, and begin to influence your heart with the truth mm-hmm. and just embrace that truth and then establish that with, with the emotion yes. of being fully and completely loved and accepted by God. We, we, we talked about the, uh, the, the negative part of the belief, the information plus right. and the emotion. But now you can experience the positive part of that. You are receiving information that I am persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of God. I am persuaded that you are good and that you are my protector. I am going to be one who is easily persuaded to the good mm-hmm. things of God. Yeah, because I don't want this to become a debate. No. Right. No, I want people to experience life. Right. Exactly. Right. Thank you, good. Jim. Thank, Thank you, you so much, it. Jim. That it's a was good really good. I love it. You okay, were... listeners, this was episode uh, number 98. Yeah. And as I mentioned in our previous episode, uh, if, if you'd like, you can go back to episodes 30, 31, and 32, uh, where we talk about um, the the beauty of creation, you know, and that being the number one first, uh, law, of first law of faith and understanding the account of creation. Good. And I also want to know that I know eventually in the new year, Jim is starting a whole new unlimited about, um, about how to stop the pain. And yep. a lot of these things about offenses and judging and, and all of this is just going to continue on to the new year where you are going to live in complete, total victory about this. And those judgments will no longer influence yeah. your life. I, I just want to say one more thing, and then we'll be done. I okay. mean, we could just keep going. One and more thing. One, one more, more thing. thing. One and more thing. And one more thing. But something, you know, that we shared, you know, in private, you know, with each other before the, the, the podcast uh, was just, you know, something that we share in common. And that, and that is we are committed mm-hmm. in making disciples. Yes. Yep. And I am so grateful for you, our yes. listeners, that you're making yep. that journey. Yes. And that you are being a follower. You are a disciple of the Lord Jesus. So thank you. We love you. We'll see you next time for episode number 99. Wow. Right. What? Okay. I'm Agent 99. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs>